High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kuzman and Chodesh Tov to all our dear listeners. Today is a very exciting day in our community because we are finally, after months of lockdown, reopening our shuls. And this will be the very first Shabbos that we are back at shul after a very long, too long of a break. Now, during this time, of course, everyone's tried to keep in touch and all shuls had their Zoom sessions and right here, live broadcasts on Chai FM and all of the other great moments that we've had, but nothing, nothing beats being back in shul together with our loved friends. And certainly our shul will be opening today for Mencha at 5.45 at Santon Central Shul, Chabad's Goodness and Kindness Center. If anyone is in the area, just give me a, me- a little message. Let me know you're coming so we can track and trace and keep it done in a very safe way, as obviously safety precautions are the number one most essential thing we have to keep in mind as we go to shuls and keep our social distancing. In fact, at our shul, our minion is being held outdoors in our lawn, in the garden, in order to avoid uh, close, tight connection and uh, to have better ventilation. But what else is exciting is that this Shabbos will be our very first Shabbos back at shul. And just to think about it, since the beginning of this pandemic or since the lockdown began and all of the social isolation and distancing that we have been doing to protect one another, to prevent further transmission of this dreadful disease that we're still trying to figure out. And I don't know how long it will be until there is any type of treatment to take care of it. But many people have been losing, especially the elderly, and I have spent much of my time with the elderly, a lot of people losing track of what day it is even. Well, this is not really possible as Jewish people, and for the very simple reason, because we have one special day, an island in time, that is a day of Shabbos. We're commanded, Zachar is Yom HaShabbos, Lekatsha, to remember the day of Shabbos, to sanctify it, and that's what we Jewish people do. So regardless of how you lose track of time, if that is at all possible, Come Shabbos, we remember and we prepare for it. And therefore, what I'd like to do today and over the coming weeks here on our Soul to Soul show is to talk about not only preparation for Shabbos and especially for those who are not going out and how you can maximize and make the best of Shabbos at home, but also preparation for Yom Tov because guess what? Rosh Hashanah is four weeks away and with the high holidays upon us, I think there's a lot of preparation we all need to start getting ready for. And I would like to seize the opportunity to talk just the practical aspects of how we could really get ourselves ready for Yom Tov. And let's try it out today with talking about how to get ready for Shabbos, even if we are at a compromised situation. Our sages tell us what does it mean to remember Shabbos and to keep it holy. This is actually part of the obligation, our responsibility, the commandment, of, it's in the Ten Commandments, it's one of the big ten, not only to remember Shabbos every seventh day, but also to actually be aware of Shabbos every single day of the week. Now, how is that even possible? <laughs> how do you remember Shabbos every day of the week? For some people, the last few months, 
you know, have been somewhat like Shabbos all the time in a sense. You're in lockdown. You're not going out, no traveling, no going into your office, hopefully spending more time with your family, and a lot less going on. So is Shabbos even necessary when we're not schwitzing for six days of the week? We're many people at home all the time. Well, it's not the we're not the first ones to actually pose this question. I was looking through one of the great commentators, Rabbi Moshe of Trani, known as the Mabit, and he says that when the Jews left Egypt, they had this very same conundrum, the very same thought question in their minds. And he actually cites a teaching from the sages that the Jews kept Shabbos while they were in Egypt. And yet, when they were in the desert, we had a commandment, a specific commandment from the Torah to keep Shabbos. Why did God need to command them about keeping Shabbos if they were already observing it in the wilderness? And this great rabbi, Moshe of Trani, the Mabit, he explains that the Jews may have assumed that Shabbos in Egypt was important because they were working hard as slaves. In the desert, however, they were relaxing. With little going on, you know, they were basking in the spiritual lights. Did they really need Shabbos? And that's why God needed to command them about Shabbos. God's message was, even if you remain in your tent the whole week, Shabbos has so much to offer you. Don't be reductionist and assume that Shabbos is only a respite from this or that, that it's unnecessary. Shabbos is something we need every single week. Shabbos, and personally, even though in a sense during lockdown, I've been working even harder because the work necessary, whether it's counseling or our Shabbos food pack distribution that we've been doing, there is such a great need for Shabbos. There are, Shabbos has so many layers of purpose and benefit that it's always something to offer us regardless what we're doing, regardless how busy we are, and how much work we're doing. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And welcome back to Soul to Soul here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivan, and today we're talking about going back to shul. This week our kids went back to school, now we're going back to shul, and let's talk a little bit about Shabbos and how we can make it the most meaningful experience of our week, particularly during this time of pandemic. And as I was mentioning to you a moment ago, that back in Egypt, the Jewish people, when they left, they needed to be instructed by God, actually, as part of the Ten Commandments, about Shabbos, even though they were already keeping it in Egypt, because they thought maybe they don't need to. And many people think maybe, you know, Shabbos... Uh, during pandemic, I was anyways in lockdown. No, Shabbos is still essential and has so many benefits that we could really gain from personally. Now, Shabbos amounts, according to the way some people think of it, as, oh, it's all these undesirable restrictions. But I want to share with you actually a story of a great rabbi who passed away about less than two weeks ago. His name was Rabbi Steinsatz, Rabbi Adin Steinsatz, Evan Israel. And he was once, he was once encountering a very secular Israeli couple who said, ha, oh, we don't do Shabbos. And he said to them, well, what do you do on Shabbos? He asked. They said on Shabbos, they go to the movies and they have, and they have their, uh, uh, whatever it was describing their weekly routine on Shabbos. He says, oh, you, you, you bet you do Shabbos. He told me you did it 
any day of the week you go to the movies and have those things is one thing. But here you're saying that this is what you do on Shabbos. Well, indeed, no doubt, you do Shabbos. And I think if I think about that, that I recall another interesting insight he once said to someone where they said, oh, Shabbos is so restrictive. And he said, well, it's not about restriction. Just think about you have permission not to have to be addicted to your phone or computer or whatever electronic devices or whatever work commitments. Shabbos is your day off. You have permission not to be. Don't see it as restrictive, what you can't do. Think about Shabbos as a break. So whether or not we see the laws or the customs or the restrictions, do you see it as a restriction? Well, that's a state of mind, right? Think about um, people who like to, are constantly on their phones, myself included. But is it difficult to realize we have a day off of that? You know, if the GPS in your car you're, you're on ways on your phone while you're driving and it tells you to turn left. Is that a restriction or is that keeping you in the right direction, showing you where to go? So it could be seen as a restriction. It's holding me back from just driving. But where do you want to drive to? If you want to get to your destination, then it's not a restriction. It's helping you get there. So no law or regulation in general is objectively restrictive. It all depends on whether it is enabling us to achieve what we want and how we perceive it really. So I think that it is our task and as Jewish people especially to try to learn and appreciate what Shabbos is all about, what the regulations of Shabbos are, what its purpose is to, to tap into the so many benefits of Shabbos, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. And if you can do so, then you realize that Shabbos, it's not about restrictions, but these restrictions themselves enable us to appreciate Shabbos, to, that in fact we want to count down the days to Shabbos. We can't wait that tomorrow night Shabbos begins. So this is what we're going to do today. Let's talk more about, let's discuss, and you're welcome to send me your questions if you'd like, discussing how we prepare for Shabbos, and some of the laws and customs of Shabbos. We'll obviously start with tomorrow night, the Friday evening customs. And you could tune in tomorrow afternoon to hear Rabbi Schnurb's show where he goes through the details and the laws of Shabbos. But here I just want to touch on, not enough to say superficially, but to discuss some of these beautiful aspects and elements of Shabbos. An important part of Shabbos is the preparation, how we get ready and prepare for Shabbos. Now, there are several mitzvahs that are related to our preparations of Shabbos. And if we just look at three aspects, one is called malacha. The second is oneg, and the third is covet Shabbos. Let's talk about the malacha aspect. Shabbos is a day when, as we said, there are numerous activities that are forbidden. Right? You can't turn on and up the flame of the food you're cooking. You can't actually cook on Shabbos. So how are you going to eat Shabbos? How are you going to eat food if you can't cook on Shabbos? Very simple. You're going to prepare before Shabbos, right? And if you don't prepare, what are you going to eat? You have to make those preparations beforehand. Then, of course, using the same theme about the food is on it. It's delighting, enjoying the experience, the pleasure of Shabbos. And, of course, you want to enjoy the good food, but you can't actually cook on Shabbos. So it goes back to the malacha. You have to prepare before or by and basically, they intertwine with each other, but you want to enjoy Shabbos. Shabbos has got to be more special than every day of the week. 
So because I can't cook or bake and any of that, but I want to enjoy the delicacies of Shabbos. Oh, no, we got to have the pleasure of Shabbos. So do it all before. And finally, we have covet Shabbos. Don't you always hear people saying, Le covet Shabbos Kodesh. So we want Shabbos. It's our special day. And we want to really prepare for it in the best ways possible. We want to dress and we want our homes to be beautiful. So especially because of the covenant, because you really want to honor Shabbos, it's important that we should find opportunities to personally prepare for Shabbos. Not to rely on others, even though we're fortunate in this country that labor is not so expensive and most people here have domestic help in our homes. But we should play a personal role in the preparation of Shabbos. And the Gemara talks about this at great length. The Gemara tells us about some of the great sages, what they would do in preparation for Shabbos. Maybe I could share with you one or two of those from the Gemara itself, just so you could get a good sampling, a taste. The Gemara in Tractate Shabbos tells us that Rabbi Vahu used to sit on an ivory stool and he would fan the fire to cook for Shabbos. Ravanan would put on a black smock, which he prepared special for Shabbos. Many people do this today, that they have a special coat, a kapata, something that they wear special for Shabbos. The Gemara tells us Rav Safra would singe the head of an animal on her Shabbos. One of my favorite songs in my childhood, listening to the Yiddish songs of Yom Tov Erlich, where he describes in this Talmudic passage in such beautiful, with such beautiful lyrics to describe to us how each of these great sages would prepare for Shabbos. Rav Huna would light the lamps in honor of Shabbos. Rav Papa, he plated the wicks for the, for the lamps. Rav Chista would cut the beetroots. Rabba and Rav Yosef, they would chop wood in honor of Shabbos. Rav Zera kindled the fire. Obviously, these are all the preparations. Rav Nachman Bar carried items into his home, would take certain things out of the house. This is all in preparation for Shabbos. If Rav Ami and Rav Asi visited me, would I not carry things in their honor? That's what Rav Havos said. So these are all the special things we could do to honor the special one day that comes every single week that we could prepare for Shabbos Kodesh in our lives and really to make the very best that Shabbos is not just an ordinary day, but a day indeed that we prepare for this day, that we're ready for this day, that we anticipate this day, that the entire week is helped we're getting ready for this day. And the the primary day for Shabbos preparation actually is on Friday because that's when it's most apparent what everything we're doing is in honor of Shabbos. And Shulchan Aruch talks about this, that we should wake up earlier on Friday to prepare everything we need in honor of Shabbos. And it's discussed in the Shulchan Aruch. It says that you should arise early on Friday to prepare what you need for Shabbos. Even if you have so many servants. But you should still find some way to personally be involved in it. And the Gemara says that Rav Chista, they would cut the vegetables. And Rabbah would, would chop the wood. All those statements from the Gemara that I mentioned to you earlier, the Shulchan Aruch quotes it. And one shouldn't say, oh, it's unbecoming of me. I let my staff do it. So whatever you could do, there are so many things. Pick something. Give your kids the opportunity to be part of it. I, as a child growing up in New York, without the domestic assistance that we have here, I would personally be part of the preparations. Every one of my family, we were eight siblings, 
Each one of us had our responsibilities, our chores. For me, it was vacuuming the carpets, polishing the shoes, cutting the paper towels. There were so many different tasks, and each one of us as siblings knew it was our honor, our pride, our responsibility that we could be part of Shabbos in the preparations for Shabbos. So, uh, obviously, you could go shopping, and uh, Friday might be overwhelming, so go Thursday, but you want the food to be fresh, right? So, go out there, get what you need for Shabbos, do your, your preparations. There's so much to do in preparation for Shabbos, and um, perhaps if anyone wants to share specific Shabbos, I know that I have my checklist of the different things I need to do in honor of the Shabbos preparations each week. But here's a, here's just a little bit of things that come to my mind because obviously it depends on the, the menu you're having for your Shabbos meals, right? Or if you're having it catered, which is also fine as long as you have a personal involvement, you're invested in it and there's nothing wrong. Shabbos is a day of rest. So it's okay to, to uh, order in. But remember what your traditional Shabbos meal, your fish, your soup, your meat or chicken, whatever else, a nice dessert, all those things. And don't forget that on Shabbos day, you're going to have your, your chalent or chamin. So you're going to want to have the appropriate ingredients for it. Some people already start preparing tonight. My wife sometimes bakes the challah on a, on Thursday evening. And that's fine. That's perfectly okay. So the basic things that come Obviously, you need candles in order to light the Shabbos candles or tea lights, right? If somebody's stuck in a hospital, by the way, we at Chabadas can provide electric tea lights because it is an, a, da- a danger to light in the hotel, in hotel or in hospital, obviously. Make sure you have your wine, grape juice for Kiddush. Make sure you have your chalas. You need at least three because Lechem Mishnah, which I hopefully will get a chance to explain later, the significance and importance of having two complete um, chalas, kitkas, right? So depending if you can have challah rolls or, or larger challahs, you can even use matzah, by the way, as long as it is complete, whole. So make sure you have three. So you have two by night and two by day. If you're only going to use one in the evening meal, then you're still left with two for your day meal. Don't forget havdalah. you got to think ahead. What do you need for havdalah? You're going to want to have four havdalah for the evening. You're going to want to have a... Um, for the evening... For Matzah Shabbos, when Shabbos concludes, as we escort Shabbos and say goodbye to the wonderful Shabbos queen, then you're going to have your Havdalah ingredients. So you have grape juice, you're going to have candles already. Don't forget the basamin, the spices. Or you could just get whole cloves or cinnamon, something that has a wonderful, fragrant, beautiful smell. And you want to make sure as well, if you are not in shul and you don't have a sitter at home, then I'm sure your shul can lend you a sitter, and that would be something important to make sure you have your sitter at home. But, of course, there's always the extras that give the, the fine touch, such as fresh flowers, um, nice leichter, beautiful, stylish candlesticks. And I used to think you could only have the fanciest silver candlesticks, but personally I've seen my mother-in-law has these beautiful floating candlesticks. And I don't know if it's candlesticks, candles floating in a beautiful um, crystal dish with flower petals. And she would have the, you know, marbles and mirrors. There's so many different ways you could do it. Get creative, make it nice, make it beautiful. Um, for Kiddush, you can make it in any cup, but why not have a special designated cup? 
Now, I have a nice silver goblet, but personally, I don't love the taste of the wine and the silver. So I've bought myself a nice glass goblet for Kiddush. And certainly wine tastes better in glass. You want to get a nice challah cover. Um, I got a bunch of those when we got married. So over the years, they get their wear out of it. But you could use a serviette. You could use a napkin. You could use a paper towel. You could use anything. But it's always nicer if you have a pretty one. And there is a significance to having a cutting board, not just to make it easier for you to cut the challah. But the challah is meant to be covered both below, underneath, and above. That's why we have a challah cover, not... It's specific. It's not just random. There is a reason for it because the manna that fell in the wilderness, it came from heaven. It had double covering of dew. It was protected below and above. So we also make sure that we have a covering beneath the challah and a covering above the challah. We, in my home growing up, always had a nice, beautiful, pressed white tablecloth and my mother would iron in honor of Shabbos. But then again, I grew over the years, we started using other colors that make it pretty. So white is nice, but whatever color works for you. If you got a royal red tablecloth, go with that. And of course, on Shabbos, you want to use your finest dishware, your beautiful cutlery and glassware and flatware and, and nice, pretty napkins, serviettes. These are some of the things that are worthwhile in preparation. Now, think about what you got to do at home. Okay, we all, if we have domestic help, let them make the beds nice and fresh, new nice linen on an honor of Shabbos every week. That's what we like to put out our newest linen. Or, um, you want to make sure that the kitchen's looking spick and span. Wash your dishes and counters, make sure it looks pleasant. That when the guests come home these days without guests, we, or the malachim, the angels who are our Shabbos guests, see a nice, beautiful, clean home. Floors sweeped and mopped. Or vacuums carpeted, uh, I, I, excuse me, vacuuming the carpets. Um, wash, fold, put away your laundry. Pick up shoppers' clothing from the dry cleaners if that's what you do. Or make sure you have nice, fresh, good clothes in honor of Shabbos. As a child, I, I polished my shoes. Put on a nice kapata in honor of Shabbos. Uh, that's a Prince Albert. Or whatever it is that you wear special in honor of Shabbos. And make sure the Shabbos table is just shining, sparkling. And now another important thing here in Johannesburg, we have an Arab. So you're able to walk with an Arab in the Arab on Shabbos and carry things. But make sure you don't have any muktza items. Check your pockets of whatever clothing you're wearing. You might be wearing a coat tomorrow if it's a little bit nippy and cold. Make sure that you don't have any muktza items in your pockets or money or anything that's prohibited on Shabbos. Make sure you set whatever lights or heating or air conditioning the way you want it to be and the way you want it to remain for the entire duration of Shabbos. Another thing, we personally, we got a, uh, we recently got a new refrigerator. You want to look at your fridge or freezer if it has a globe, a light bulb inside that, or any other such appliances that might have that you want to make sure you're going to actually disconnect it so that you're not inadvertently turning on or off any lights on Shabbos by mistake. Of course, as we said, and as we know, there's the malachas, the prohibitions that you can't cook on Shabbos, which is makes the enjoyment of Shabbos all the more greater. So you want to make sure you put all the food that you're going to enjoy on a warmer, or uh, you have a blech, right? So you want your, your soup, your meat, your whatever it is that's on the stovetop. What's a blech? A blech is a thin sheet of metal that you could probably get at... Um, 
one of the shops here, right? And or you're gonna just put some pieces of aluminum over the over the knobs of your of your stovetop to prevent anyone from adjusting the heat on Shabbos. So this is these are certain things we do in preparation of Shabbos. And one more thing that comes to my mind always is to make sure to fill up our urn. Right? You want to have hot water. You want to have a nice, good, hot coffee or tea in Shabbos morning. And this Shabbos, I'll be at Shul finally after too long not being there. So make sure that you get your kettle, your urn prepared. Not a kettle, only an urn prepared for Shabbos. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Hi, welcome back to Soul to Soul, right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman, and we are talking here about the beauty of Shabbos and how we can get prepared for Shabbos in the best way possible. Now, pre-corona days, men would go to a mikvah to bathe before Shabbos. I don't know when the mikvahs will be reopened for men. But that's one of the preparations. You want to bathe, you want to shower, you want to groom your hair, you want to get your nails cut or manicured properly for women to apply makeup or perfume, right? Get dressed in our finest Shabbos clothing. Now, these are some of the beautiful preparations that we do. I mentioned about my wife baking challahs on Thursday nights. Now, challah, you have to know, is not only referring, this, it's referring to the not just uh, the kitkas that we eat, the braided loaves, but actually in Talmudic and rabbinic literature, challah actually is not talking about kitka. Maybe that's why here they had a different name, kitka. Challah refers to the small portion of dough that we separate from the total dough before we bake any bread. And this is something that the Torah tells us about. It says, that from the first portion of your dough, tarimu Hashem, you should give a gift to God. So originally, this challah portion was given to a Kohen. It was a gift. It was a special gift that we gave to anyone who came descendant from Aaron, the high priest. And that's something today we don't do, which will, please God, be resumed with the coming of Mashiach and the rebuilding of the temple. So today, we don't give the challah to the Kohen, but instead, we burn that little piece of challah in our ovens. So... Um, obviously you could buy your challah from the bakery and there's a lot of wonderful bakeries and suppliers in our community but if you're baking your challah at home as many people have accustomed to do then here you have the opportunity to perform a special mitzvah of separating challah from your um, from what you're baking and what do you do you know we separate the challah reminds us that everything we have Everything we own, all our material possessions, even our, our personal talents, is everything given to us from God. And so for, therefore, we have to designate part of that and devote it for a higher purpose. You could sing, please join one of our Zoom sessions for seniors and sing to them. You can do arts and crafts, please do the same. Share your talents with others. That's what we're reminded of when we do hafrash ashala, when we separate the chala. Whatever we, way we could do, whatever way we could assist, what, whether it's giving actual charity and helping organizations or volunteering. You want to volunteer? I'll give you a great opportunity. Every Friday here at Chabad House, we distribute food to over 200 senior citizens in the community. Come volunteer. You can't go and deliver. 
Well, guess what? I have other opportunities for you. You could, fo- you could phone seniors. I'll give you the names of two, three seniors. We have hundreds and hundreds of seniors on our lists. And all you got to do is take a few minutes each day and phone a senior once a week. Phone a senior. So you could take on one, two, five, as many as you could handle that you could actually care for them and call them up once a week and ask them how they're doing. There are so many ways we can exemplify and demonstrate this whole idea of hafrashas challah, of separating the challah by devoting time for our Torah study, by doing mitzvahs. It's acknowledging and recognizing that God is the one who provides us with all the good, all the bountiful blessings that we have in our life. So what do you do? Separate the challah from the batches of dough that you're preparing for your home challah baking. And it has to be at least 43 ounces of any wheat, rye, barley, oat, or spelt flour. You separate it. Well, first you're going to knead the dough. And then before you shape it into the kitka loaves that you're making, you are going to do is place the dough in a single pan or a bowl, whatever you have. You say a bracha, which is... Baruch Atah Hashem Alekinah Malachala, blessed are you Hashem, God, King of the Universe. Asher Kiddishanah B'mitzvah Tzivanu, who has sanctified us with His commandments, V'tzivanu L'hafrish Chala, God commanded us. As I said before, it's in the book of Ayikra, we read it a while ago, commanded us to separate Chala. And you take off that small piece, about an ounce or so of Chala, and you say, this is Chala. And what do you do? Wrap it into a foil or something, and burn it in your whatever you got, a broiler, a grill, oven, whatever works, and you throw out uh, the burnt, charred bread. That's what we do. So it's just a little bit, but you're fulfilling an actual biblical commandment. And this bracha, we only say it if you have at least 59 ounces of flour in the batch. And I know that when we order our challah, my wife knows exactly how much she is ordered, and that's how she's able to do it properly and to fulfill this unique, beautiful mitzvah. So these are some of the ways that we're able to prepare. And a lot of people have their own lists, uh, shared with you what some of mine are, some of those that come to my mind. I'm sure there are other things that I can't think of. Personally, we do a lot of preparation for Shabbos by helping others prepare for Shabbos, by doing our food parcel distributions to the community. And tell you what, if you are not able to assist us, why don't you think of an elderly, lonely neighbor or friend or somebody relative and try to give them a Shabbos gift. At the least, you could just give them a call. Make that, build it into your family routine. For my children, our family, on Friday or starting even Thursday night, we call all our relatives overseas, my immediate siblings, until my parents passing, we would call my, my father and wish him a good Shabbos. And it was just part of our routine. My kids knew every single Friday. In fact, the first Friday... Well, after my father passed away, my kids were so jarred. Like, how's it possible that we were not calling Zadie to wish good Shabbos? And we try to also call some friends. So put that into your Arab Shabbos schedule. This is some of the things that I do that I'm just sharing with you that I think you could really benefit from to have something special that you do. It's part of your Arab Shabbos to-do list. So um, we talked about the challah. I mentioned it because it's something that we do in my family on on Thursday nights when we're able to, sometimes even Friday morning. And although you could really get it from the shops, but if you're able to bake challah every once in a while, it's really a wonderful, a wonderful activity to do as a family 
to engage the kids, even for yourself. It's got some therapeutic benefits in it. And particularly now, I think that so many are needing to relax, pun intended, that, you know, you could channel that energy into mitzvah purposes. If you want to bake, bake some challah, nice thing to do. Again, you don't have to, but it's certainly great and worthwhile and something to do in preparation for Shabbos. In Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law talks about the preparations, actual preparations that the Code of Jewish Law tells us, such as cleaning our homes and making the beds and making sure the house is nice and beautiful. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll be right back. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Salt to Salam, Rabbi Ari Kibben. Today we're talking about our preparations for Shabbos and not to forget or neglect the others around us. We talked about being there and caring for the elderly, the lonely, neighbors, friends, relatives. And now we talk about making sure our homes are ready and beautiful for Shabbos. So if you can do your shopping for Shabbos on Thursday and have less rush for Friday, great. If you want your foods to be fresher and, re- and, and, and better, if, if that's the case, then do it on Friday. And it's evident and obvious that you are preparing your home for Shabbos. Some of the beautiful ways we prepare personally is about making sure that we're personally looking our best for Shabbos, and then, of course, making sure that our home is beautiful. And something I want to emphasize about that is that regardless where you are, you know, now that inter, inter-provincial travel is once again allowed, and some people are really taking advantage. I spoke with a friend today who owns a hotel property, and he said, wow, you wouldn't believe how many bookings they're coming in like like crazy. People want that break. Guess what? You're in a hotel. You're out in the Kruger. You're in the Karoo. Wherever you are, there might not be others. There might not be a fashion competition as one might have at shoe. You're not dressing to impress others. You're dressing in honor of Shabbos. And if you're dressing in honor of Shabbos, then make sure that you wear appropriate attire really in a way that's that, 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 that's appropriate, that you're honoring and respecting the day of Shabbos. And in fact, there's a great story that comes to my mind. I was recently watching a video about a fellow named Ami Paikovsky. He's a fellow who lives in California, Los Angeles. And he talks about his journey from being a secular Jew and how he became a very involved and observant Jew. And it, it, the story had to do with his relationship with the Rebbe and Chabad rabbis in his neighborhood. And he said that when he started getting involved, he thought he wanted to call his company something like, uh, you know, his company was called Ami Sportswear, I think. But then he realized that a chassid shouldn't, you know, just flaunt his ego and call it after himself. So he decided maybe he should call it Shmata. Shmata, what is, how do you say Shmata in English? Rag. Right? It's a Yiddish word, it means rag. So he thought it was a clever name to call his company Shmata. And he wrote a letter to the Rebbe. And what's very interesting, he, re- he, he relates that the Rebbe responded to him and the Rebbe said, do not call your company Shmate. It's such a demeaning name. And the Rebbe told him that in the Gemara, the Talmud calls clothing Mechabdusa. Bring, clothing is, it brings me honor. And especially, this is so because we have a mitzvah within clothing such as the mitzvah of Shatnas. You can't mix wool and linen together, right? So he said, the Rebbe told him that he should he shouldn't use a name such as Shmate. What he actually called the company, I don't recall. Uh, I can't think offhand what he called it. But what stood out to me watching this little personal encounter they had with the Rebbe was that the Rebbe told him not to call his company Shmate because it's a degrading, it's a derogatory name. But rather he should call something clothing is mechabdusa. Clothing is something that brings me brings one honor, right? 
it, it suits you. It should be something that, that fits you, that suits you, that's beautiful. And Shabbos, no doubt, we should prepare in the appropriate way. And we should certainly wear the clothing that honor Shabbos. So how would you prepare if you were expecting guests? You would make sure Shabbos looks nice and beautiful. You would dress up. Well, guess what? Shabbos is a guest every week. Shabbos Hamaka, the Shabbos queen. And Chadari would refer to it as a bride and a queen. So we should make sure we prepare not just him. It's not about impressing others because we're not having guests and visitors these days. Even if it's allowed, it's probably not recommended. But especially when you're involved in the preparation, you feel accomplished. You feel like you achieved something. And this is the way we should prepare for Shabbos. Make it something special. Like a, a very special guest, Shabbos, it's, it, it's important that everything, that, that Shabbos be the most beautiful and special day that indeed it is. And so this is what our Fridays are like, or every day of the week in a sense should be a preparation for Shabbos. And do what you can to make time to not only prepare physically, but spiritually as well. For example, one of the other customs that I try to observe on Friday is called by the acronym Shmais. What's Shmais? Shnai Mikrav Echatargam, which means to review the Parsha of the week. And reviewing the Parsha of the week, the verse itself twice, along with the Targum, the, the commentary, and this is called Shnai Mikra. And obviously, if it's not something that's overwhelming to do the whole Parsha in that way, at least review the context, the, the, the text of the Parsha, and make sure you are prepared spiritually. Another thing that my father used to tell me, which is great, is the idea that, you know, on Shabbos, it's, the Torah says, Lo savaru esh. You should not kindle a fire. What does it mean not to kindle a fire? Well, we know you're not allowed to cook food. You're not allowed to heat up the food. You're not allowed to do any of that. We talked about that earlier. But there's another type of fire. And that fire is a fire of discord, a fire of, of tension, of anxiety, of people getting upset with each other. We know that Arab Shabbos can be a little bit hectic, but... Boy, is it a blessing if we could implement in our homes not to let the fire of anger burn and have any any discord, faribbles in the family. So do what you can to make sure Shabbos is special and relaxed and enjoyable. And if you're going back to Shul Shabbos, do so in a very safe and cautious way. Observe the social distancing. Make sure you actually sanitize. Do everything else you can to make sure it's done in a safe and pleasant way. Looking forward to observing a wonderful and exciting Shabbos back at Shul. Looking forward to see you all personally in the right time. Don't feel pressure to go to Shul if you're not up to it. Only go if you can. Wishing you all a meaningful, beautiful, and pleasant Shabbos Kodesh. Carpe diem.